This is Jimmy Scroggins. I'm the lead pastor at Family Church in West Palm Beach, Florida. In this current COVID reality, we're focusing on all the ways that we can stay flexible, adaptable, and agile so that we can impact our rapidly changing world for the sake of the gospel. We're all in this together. We're all learning from each other. We are church for the rest of us. Hey, welcome back to Church for the Rest of Us. This is Jimmy Scroggins in our offices in downtown West Palm Beach, Florida. And we're continuing our conversation about replanting, renewing, and reimagining the way we do church in 2021. There's a lot of reasons to do that, including the plague, which we shall not name. The plague, which shall no longer be named. But we've got to find a way forward from here. Seven years ago, I wrote an article for Nine Marks Journal called The Math Doesn't Work. And I believe that we could go further and faster with people who are willing to be bivocational church planters, pastors, and ministry leaders. And that's why we started a two-year residency program here at Family Church so we could train people for ministry in our mission field in South Florida. Today, we have Pastor Jimmy Paul with us. Jimmy is one of our bivocational pastors serving and leading strategically at Family Church also with me, as always, our co-host, Leslie Bennett. Leslie, isn't it awesome to have Pastor Jimmy Paul with us? It sure is. I love Jimmy Paul and his family. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your family, about what you do vocationally, because you are a bivocational pastor, and how you serve and lead here at Family Church. Yeah, th- thank you, uh, Pastor Jimmy and Leslie, for having me on. Yes, uh, I have a, a family. I've been married to my wife, Amanda, for 16 years Love her, met her at the church, and we got three wonderful boys. One of them is 12, and his name is Reese. The uh, nine-year-old is Logan, who this past week I just got to baptize. That's and right. so awesome. We, we are uh, definitely thrilled about his next steps in, in his faith. And then um, we have a seven-year-old who actually acts like the oldest named Grant in the, in the family. And so there are rambunctious young men growing and developing in part of uh, family church. Like you mentioned earlier, I do work outside of the church. That's my full-time job in the sense that that it pays me. Um, (laughs) It pays and supports my family and, and all the other expenses. That, that come along with that. And, and I do furniture. Also have my real estate license up in Illinois, where I'm originally from. And I oversee uh, some land development projects up in Illinois, too, at this time. And then as far as the church is concerned, my family, we're able to serve in the college ministry. And we've been doing that for three years. And, and we love the college students. We love working with that age group because they're dealing with some major uh, decisions in their lives. For some of them, they're defining their faith. Another thing, they're they're trying to figure out maybe who they're going to marry for the rest of their lives, which is a big deal. And then they're trying to figure out their career. And so we get to um, just invest and pour into their lives at uh, instrumental time of their life. Jimmy, you and I live in the same neighborhood, and yep. there's actually three Jimmy's who are pastors at family church that live in our neighborhood and all of our kids are similar ages and play together. And so we spend a lot of time together as family. So I can just vouch for you that you're just a a model husband, a model father, model neighbor. And uh, Jimmy, you, I can tell by your accent and I have an accent and you have an accent. Yes. And we didn't come from the same uh, place. Correct. So you're more Chicago-ish. I'm from the Midwest, south suburbs of Chicago. We love our pizza. We like to call uh, pop, pop, not soda. And so if that gives you an idea of where we're from, we're yeah, born and raised for 35 years there, moved down to South Florida three and a half years ago. For me, 
I'm not looking back. I'm looking forward. And this is where I love to be is uh, South Florida. Yeah. And we love having you here. So, Jimmy, you and Amanda, you know, you're an entrepreneur. You come from a family of entrepreneurs and God's really gifted you in that way. But several years ago, you heard about something happening in South Florida and you chose to really change the trajectory of your whole life to come connect with that. Why don't you talk a little bit about that story? Yeah. Moving across country is a big deal. And whether it's from east to west, north to south, and we were living up there, but I was flying down to Florida maybe every two months for the business, the furniture stores that we have on the the, uh, west coast of Florida. Um, At that same time, I had an uncle that said, hey, you know, you're going to end up moving to Florida. And I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm going to live in Illinois for the rest of my life. I love the city. I love uh, the Cubs. I love the Bulls, all of that. But it just resonated with me for a while. It was at that same time, our pastor knew that I was considering moving to Florida, that he said, check out what family church is doing. They're doing this church planning, residency type things. And and we were part of a church plan. And I I told him, I said, I know church planning is a good thing, but I just don't know if I want to put all that time in there. And at that same time, God was working on my heart. And one of the verses that came to mind was redeem the time, redeem the time in Ephesians. And and I lay in bed just sitting there thinking like I can accumulate a lot of wealth through a business. Maybe, maybe not. Someday there might be private planes. Like I was shooting for the biggest dreams I, I could have. And it was at that same time, God just said, are you redeeming the time? Like, is God going to be impressed by the wealth or your net worth that you have when you retire or when, when you see him face to face. And it was always no. And I started talking to Amanda and I said, let's just go check out what they're doing. We came down, we felt welcomed, loved that family feel. And family could have a good thing and a bad thing. Uh, family events can get crazy, <laughs> Family, um, but family church is an amazing time and experience. So we loved it and we said, let's move, not knowing anybody or anything. We just went on the recommendation of our pastor and, and fell in love with what y'all do here. So you came down here and then you got engaged with our church, but you started you became part of our residency program. What was that like for you and your family? It was definitely a time commitment. I have my undergrad in uh, accounting, went to Purdue University. So I always thought I was going to be in business. When I was stepping into other school, my first uh, conversation was, I don't want to write more papers. (laughs) (laughs) That is not my thing. I was hoping one of my kids could help me write it, but they weren't at that age. And so when I stepped into it, it bridged the gap for someone who was never considering bivocational ministry. What I was accustomed to growing up was you had people that were ministers and administrative and worked full time for the church. And then you had all the members on another side. What I loved about the residency program was it was taking me who didn't have that college experience or Bible college experience and taking me and put me in the next step forward for something I didn't even envision at the end here. Yeah. And so you did that. You read a lot of books. You wrote a lot of papers. You preached a lot of sermons. Mm -hmm. You know, we were evaluating you because one of the things we do in our residency is we are watching. Let's watch this marriage. Let's watch how they do with their finances. Let's watch how they raise their children. Let's watch how they interact with other church members. And uh, you just really rose to the top really quickly from Mm -hmm. the time that you got here. And so now you have a really significant place of service at Family Church right now. That's probably one of the most exciting areas uh, that uh, things yeah. that God's doing in our entire network. Yeah, a- absolutely. 
college ministry is, I feel like, on fire right now. And it's not just from what we've done. It's been people within the organization coming around us and supporting us while they understand the real pressures of my other job and the other family obligations. So, Jimmy, when did you actually finish the residency and become a family church pastor? So, I finished the residency in... We came down in 2016 and finished it in 2018. And then just last year, the opportunity or the promotion, and again, I don't know the correct terminology, (laughs) but they say, we want to consider you as a pastor. And so even in COVID 2020, Mm -hmm. it was terrible. There were a lot of good things that God was doing. And, And one of those things was in my life, realizing a dream that I would have never thought was possible. You didn't really have for yourself. No, not at all. Not at all. It was, I was going to work and just serve and, and and I loved serving. And so um, to see that happen really excited the family. I got to uh, see um, extended family. It opened up gospel conversations with people, which I would have never expected just saying, hey, we're so excited for you. Yeah. So what happens at our residency program is we try to train people who have an interest in being a church planter or a pastor or a church leader in South Florida. It doesn't have to be in the Family Church Network. We want to help churches. We want to help people. And we think this is our mission field. So the Paul family moves down here. You become a part of this thing. And then you do have a success. You demonstrate a commitment and God's hand on your life and on your family. And now you're one of our pastors that focuses on college ministry at the Family Church downtown. Leslie, these college kids that we have in our church right now, I mean, we have literally been praying for this and wanting this to happen for over a decade. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, during COVID, kaplow. Yep. I can't even explain it. I know. It's pretty incredible. And I'm sure it's a lot of fun to be a part of firsthand Jimmy experiencing because we've had a lot of students coming to Christ and getting baptized. And you all are a big part of that. I'm wondering what you would say to those because we have this program, like how has Family Church help you be successful as a bivocational pastor? Because I think a lot of times when people think bivocational, they think like, that's crazy hard. Who would ever want to do that? Why would you ever want to do that? And so I'm just wondering, like, how have we helped you do that well? Including my family. It hasn't ever been where, hey, your family is not part of this. We want you and your wife serving in in the college ministry. So be able to have them involved in it and then my kids be around these college students has been tremendous. Just the college students pouring into our kids' lives and then uh, the kids actually exciting the college students. So I love that our family gets to be a part. I love the the residency program. It took me from someone who didn't have a traditional Bible education and gave me the tools and resources to to further ahead with just my understanding of the Bible and having those conversations. There's books that the church gives um, out freely and generously to to leaders as far as just to help us to continue to stay on vision and stay on pace with everything else that's going on. The other thing is, is that I love the the idea and it's always been told to me, you're always invited to anything within the church. There's not these secret things going on, but you're rarely ever expected. If ever expected as far as being Bible, but we want you to know you could walk in and you can be a part of any meeting. And so it really makes and engages me into what's going on in here. One of the things that we do at Family Church, that it's a, maybe a little different, Leslie, from what many people envision when they hear bivocational ministry is we're not sending Jimmy out now alone to work your job and like start some church by yourself somewhere. 
we have a team of people that are assisting and helping and encouraging and coaching. And we do understand that Jimmy, because he is successful in his business, that's what gives him the bandwidth and the opportunity to serve at our church. So it makes no sense for us not to encourage him to do what it takes to succeed in his business, because that's why we get to share Mm -hmm. in that benefit. And we have so many people across our network that do similar, similar things. The other thing I think that happens too, Jimmy, is we have a pretty good thing going with our pastor's wives. And I think we work hard to minister to the the wives of those while they're in the residency program. And then when you become a pastor, we have a, a wives kind of a cohort and a group that really serves together, cares for one another. I think that's been encouraging to Amanda as well. Absolutely. When you move across the country to a new place, that was the first time we've ever done that. Growing up in Illinois, we had all of our family. We had all of our friends. We had people we didn't even know that knew us up there. When you move across country, you know nobody. And for me, I'm working a business, so I'm around all my employees, customers. I'm working at the church, so I'm around all the staff members. But my wife's at home and and we homeschool. And so she's at home teaching the kids and and not making those adult conversations occur. And so the residency wives meeting that they'd have on a monthly basis was just an opportunity for to start building roots in in the culture and in the the area. So we loved it. All right. Let me tell you a great story I heard last night about Jimmy Paul. Oh, boy. Okay. <laughs> this, is a, this is kind of a family story. I told you we're kind of uh, living in the same neighborhood. Right. And so my son, my youngest son, Caleb, plays with Jimmy's kids all the time. And so he said he was at Pastor Jimmy Paul's house and they were playing ping pong. Caleb was playing against Jimmy Paul. And Pastor Jimmy said, if you lose, you have to pull weeds for five minutes. <laughs> yeah. And so Caleb lost. <laughs> And then Caleb said, let's go double or nothing. And he lost again. He said, let's go double or nothing. And finally, I think Jimmy probably let him win because I think he was up to like 45 minutes of weed pulling. (laughs) He had mercy on him. Yeah, it was definitely a way uh, I try to get the neighborhood kids to serve the neighbors there with those types of things. So, yeah, Caleb's a great kid. That's pretty funny. Hey, do you ever wish that you were in full-time ministry, that you weren't doing the other things and – we're doing this full time. It's it's yes and no. Yes, I, I I miss out on being part of the staff and the family and and being around that because I love it. That I'm a Christian. It's my life and it permeates every area of my life. And so there's a desire that I want to be there. Just this past week, I was able to go out with somebody, one of the college students and share the gospel with him. And he ended up uh, trusting and believing in what Jesus Christ did. That was exciting. And I'm like, I want to do this all the time. I just want to do this all the time. In the same token, I'm I'm glad I wasn't full-time because then I call one of our employees who's a Christian and part of family church. And I said, hey, I want you to know. And I, I sent a picture of, of the kid. And, and I said, I want you to know that you had a part in this, that even though you weren't there, that you're working the furniture business right now, it's because of your faithfulness and, and my ability to trust you that I'm able to have these conversations and you get to participate in this. And so that's where I love being in both worlds, where we can celebrate what God's doing, and also being around people that aren't Christians, that are challenging how I think. And it makes me a lot more compassionate when I do get up and teach and and speak to college students. Yeah. And I think that's awesome. Leslie, one of the things I like about a lot of our bivocational pastors is these guys, for the most part, are not aspiring to one day become full-time vocationally at the church, although all of them could and would be great. 
they are doing this intentionally. Their families have chosen kind of a way of going at this. And then our church has helped create a system that will hopefully facilitate that. And I think it's really cool that we have some are full-time vocational here at Family Church, but we have a lot that are bivocational. Yeah. And it goes to what you talked about in your math doesn't work article, because, you know, it does allow us to do a lot more ministry than we could do otherwise with people like Jimmy, who are willing to serve in this way and a very high capacity, but still, you know, have another job. I wonder, Jimmy, what you would say to anybody who's considering going bivocational, or maybe they're finding themselves in a place where they have to go bivocational right now. Like what words of encouragement would you have for someone like that from somebody who's doing it? I take the Nike slogan, just do it. Okay. Uh, just get in. Uh, that's the entrepreneurial side of me. It's just, it's not like you can't step away from it. The other thing I would uh, let them know is like, talk to other people that are bivocational. One of the things I did r- right off the bat when I got down here was I was calling all the bivocational pastors and people that were involved and just taking them out to lunch and just picking their brain on on how it works and how do they do it. And some of them gave me some good counsel on just like, hey, you know, it's going to get hard. It's okay to say no to certain things. And so I, I love getting around them. And especially when things do get difficult, I can draw from maybe some of those struggles where they're cheering me on and giving me those pep talks to, to kind of push through. They're like, hey, it, it does get better at times. Or maybe they can also speak into my life and say, maybe you need to step away from certain things too. Mm-hmm. So that, that was extremely helpful to talk to other people. All right. And then what about a pastor of a small or medium-sized church who's looking to recruit or encourage some people on their team to take a stab at bivocational ministry? How would you encourage them to put that challenge out there? I would tell them, just start the conversation with different members in your church. I didn't even know what bivocational was being not in the church ministry world. I wouldn't have even had a clue. I, I just knew I was doing a lot at the church. <laughs> and, and our pastor would be like, hey, can you do this, this? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I, lo- I love doing it. And and my job afforded me to be able to do that. And so start th- that conversation and start that discussion. I love that movie, Inception. It's a really old movie, but it, it's this idea of they're, they're planting this idea in somebody's head and eventually it comes to fruition. And, and that's kind of what bivocational did for me. It was planted in my head and those conversations started. And then we started to dream together and the residency program put gasoline onto that fire and pushed us forward. And then as far as pastors dealing with bivocational volunteers and and other pastors, I just say over communicating Mm. is a healthy thing because there's a lot of times as a bivocational pastor, I'm not in every conversation because of my work schedule or family schedule. There can be the tendency where you start to feel withdrawn and and you don't know some of the insider language. And so over communicating is always healthy. And then extending a lot of grace, like not making these bad assumptions about like, well, they just don't want me in the church or this bivocational uh, minister doesn't want to help serve at the church. That, That might not be the case. They might be going through a lot right now with their business or it could be a family thing. So regular meetings too is always helpful just to find out where they're at with their business and their personal family. Man, this has been an incredible conversation, Leslie and Jimmy. Thank you so much, Jimmy, for sharing this time with us. I think this is one of our best podcasts we've ever done in terms of inspiring people to maybe do something that is a little outside of the box, 
But to all of our listeners, I would say that bivocational ministry is the future of the church. Some version of or some hybrid of vocational pastors that are paid, bivocational pastors that are unpaid or paid less. That is the future of the church, and this is part of it. I hope you're all learning from it. If there's any way we can help you, let us know. We'll give you everything from our residency program. You can have your own. We'll tell you how to do it. We'll coach you. You can come see us. We'll work with you. We'll visit with you. You can connect with our bivocational pastors. Anything we can do at Family Church to help you, we want to do it. We want to help you succeed in your church with the resources you have. This is Leslie Bennett, Jimmy Paul, Jimmy Scroggins, Church for the Rest of Us. Thank you so much for joining us on today's podcast. I'd love for you to follow me on Twitter at Jimmy Scroggins or check out FamilyChurchNetwork.com to chime in on our blog. We want to hear what you're doing so that we can all learn from each other. We're in this together. We are church for the rest of us. Until next time, this is Jimmy Scroggins, staying flexible, adaptable, and agile, all for the sake of the gospel.